If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. Make it last forever. Friendship never ends. Welcome to Backtrack Spice Girls Revisited. My name is Corey Morissette, joined as always by John Mariano. How you doing, John? Um, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be a lover. Perfect. Thank you very much. Scott Haskin, you're here too, I guess. What do you got to say? <laughs> I, I've barely crawled my way up to the microphone. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. How are you, Corey? I'm doing great. Uh, this is the actual Aerosmith show, not the Spice Girl show, although we should maybe start that. What do you guys think? I don't know if they have a podcast yet, but um, even if they do, it's kind of open territory. That's right. We we just got to muscle our way in anyway. Like Scott right. and I are just slowly taking over the Deep Dive Podcast Network. So That's not an idea for a show, though. What is? An idea for a show would be something like, okay, we're going to cover the entire Spice Girls catalog and pair each song with an actual spice. Mm. Mm. Got it. You got to take it to the next level now, right? That's how we roll. Johnny's the idea, man. I tell you, he, he came up with this format, uh, theme music. That was all him too. Like, uh, he, he's the idea guy. He can't execute anything, but full of ideas. <laughs> That's why you guys make a great team because That's one right. comes up with the idea. The other one pulls it off. Exactly. I, yeah. I can, I can execute plenty. Just ask the bodies in my backyard. And on that note, folks, if you remember last week, uh, we did a little <laughs> song called Get the Let Out. And John Mariano uh, did a 180 from his previous 180 of trying to first get the movie off the mixtape to uh, accepting the movie on the mixtape is now anti-movie again. John, are, do you plan on doing another 180 to your previous two 180s? I have no idea what you're talking about. I've no? never been for this movie. You were for one week. Scott, you remember this. I, I hold that as my last thought when my head hits the pillow at night. Sounds made up. Well, just <laughs> head back to episode 66 and uh, and you can hear all about it. I know you don't re-listen to the show, but uh, if did. you want to, you listen to episode 66 and what? I, 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 I went back and I re-listened. I didn't hear a word. What were you listening to? Uh, I, I was I was listening to um, the blathering on the Knapsack Network. It's, a, it, it, it's a, you know, where, where Ken doesn't, off the cuff from the heart and head podcast from comedian and author Ken Knapsack written, hosted and performed by Ken Knapsack, co-creator of four center, the Knapsack files, pop rock and radio Saturday night. Knapsack is a satirical radio show full of a wide cast of characters, segments and more. It's a show so real. It had to be fake. He does that. He does the blathering. If you go to Mixcloud, you can check out pop rock and radio. That's what I've been listening to Corey. And I didn't hear a word. I commend you for listening to those shows because they're all worth it. But, you know, maybe give our episode 66 a, a listen if you ever have the time. Oh, ours? No, yeah. I, don't listen. I don't like hearing my voice. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. It's not that great. Uh, Scott, speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of not listening to things, uh, that's anti what we're going to recommend here. We want people to listen to all of the fine shows on the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Oh my God, Corey, we've got so many shows. We've got bands coming out of our ears over here. We've ears? got, of Holy course, cow. of course, you guys do another show called Backtracks Theme Music. I had such a great time covering Guardians of the Galaxy with you. 
And uh, then, uh, Corey, you do another show with Mark Meyer on Van Halen called And the Podcast Will Rock. Uh, we had a great live stream not too long ago. And uh, I think you're going to break that into probably a couple episodes coming out uh, over the uh, whatever your podcatcher is, whatever you guys are on, whatever you're listening to this show on, all these other shows are on it, or most of them at least. Uh, I do another show called Uriah Heap, the Magician's Podcast, winding down to its last couple of weeks. We have the Deep Purple Podcast. We have Skinner Reconsidered. We have T-Bone Mathley doing T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. We have Sabbath Bloody Podcast, In the Lap of the Pods, Hawk Binge, Maiden A to Z, Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast, Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast, George and Hattie over at the Judas Priest cast. We have North by South podcast, which is an interesting contrast between music from Canada and music from the United States. We also have our good buddy, Kevin, doing the Tom Petty Project. He also does another show with his buddy, Randy, the Seaside Pod Review. I was just on the Tom Petty Project, too. Had a great time talking to Kevin. I think we did like a three-hour show, which uh, might be broken up into multiples. I don't know. Uh, we also have So Far, So Pod, So What, talking all things Megadeth. Then we have Quinn at Anne Volume for All, just a general heavy metal podcast. Sav, Nick, Stephen, Mark at the Rock Roulette podcast. And of course, Chad, Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu. But, you know, not to be forgotten, we have a couple other shows that we would recommend to you. Sean Geek and Fast Fret, great podcast. You never know what they're going to talk about. And Eric over at Booked on Rock covers a different book on every episode, oftentimes with a guest, the author, usually. So lots of good stuff to listen to. Check them all out and don't do anything else with your life. Absolutely not. Listen, finish listening to this episode. Go back, listen to all the other ones. Uh, they're all worth it. Uh, I'm, I'm a little heartbroken. I think Kevin likes you better than me, Scott, because I did Kevin's show and it was only about an hour. Uh, well, I just don't shut three up. Three hours with you. So oh, it, it's, well, it's like I, I did your show and we got, you know, three Cinderella shows, but then you went with John and did three better shows on She's So Unusual. So. Well, I don't know if they were better. I would say they were both great shows. But uh, Kevin and I tried something a little bit different. I won't spoil it for uh, all of you that are going to listen. Uh, but uh, it, it was it was a new test. So we uh, we were breaking new ground. But, you know, the longer you guys take to start listening to these podcasts, the more episodes they're going to be to catch up on. And so the sooner you start listening, the faster you'll catch up. How many Magicians podcast episodes are there, Scott? I believe there are 398. My goodness. Yeah, something insane like that. Uh, and you have what, two left? Are you going to finish at 400? Uh, no, that's, that's the total. I've already recorded okay. them. They're just uh, slowly coming out uh, this week. And then uh, next week is the, the last week. You got to do two more. You got to get to 400. Maybe, maybe bring a Uriah Heap newbie like myself on and, and, and do a show where you're pitching me the best at Uriah Heap. This is well, why you should get into this band. There may be uh, a couple other shows coming down the road. There's some stuff that's been in the works for a while that just hasn't materialized. It uh, looks like I might be getting close on one. So, yeah, it could end at 400. But, uh, yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. You notice, John, how he just blew me aside and said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll I'll do two more shows, but just not with you. Like, uh, I, I, I noticed <laughs> that you were trying to snake your way onto his podcast. <laughs> I, I was trying. It didn't work. Fuck, it blew up in my it, face. Wouldn't have worked for me either, man. I know. God, I'm so lonely. I've had you guys on my other show and you'll be back. We have a list of things to cover on the Haskin Cast podcast. So even though that's not a deep dive network show, it's still a show that has stuff happening. Where's my Thunder episode? I'm, I'm waiting. It is on my list. 
how big is this list? God, I'm I, gonna, I don't know how long I'm going to live, Scott. I have a li- I have a list too. I say that to people when I want to blow them off. <laughs> I know, Corey. I should I should get you while you're thought out. <laughs> yes, actually, we're getting heat stroke uh, up in Canada right now. So, <laughs> all right, let let let's turn our attention to the to the dice. Of course, we got six Aerosmith songs on a die. We're going to talk about a song. Hopefully, it's a good one. I tell you, we've been doing a lot of deep cuts lately, uh, and a couple have been good. Like uh, you see me crying was on there. Uh, Don't get mad, get even, which I actually put on my uh, nasty cuts for the time being. But man, there' a lot of stuff like legendary child. Nobody liked. Devil's got a new disguise. Nobody liked. Love three times. I, I think that was the one. Uh, Kevin actually asked me what, what what was the song that John said. Jesus, how much longer to go? I'm pretty sure it was love three times. I think it was. Yeah. No, 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 no. It wasn't that song. It was love triple X. Right, love triple X. Yeah, uh, light inside. Nobody was a fan of. Uh, man, we, we got to roll something good here tonight, boys. Let's yeah. uh, recap what we got. Uh, we got uh, I'm Down, uh, which nobody wants. Uh, Monkey on My Back from a Little South of Sanity. Hole in My Soul, also from a Little South of Sanity. Out of Your Head from John's favorite album. Uh, what the fuck's that thing called? Just Push Play. Uh, Roadrunner, uh, which is one of mine from uh, Honkin' on Bobo. And Rockin' Pneumonia and the Boogie Woogie Flu. That'll get you out of your chair and dancing. That it will. Well, we've got a couple covers on here. We've only got what uh, we've got two live tracks, two covers. So I, Great. I don't know. Technically, uh, I'm down. Roadrunner and Rockin' Pneumonia and the Boogie Woogie Flu are all covers. Oh, Roadrunner's a cover. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Honkin' on Bobo was an entire covers album. That's right. Yeah. R- R- Roadrunner is about the enemy of the coyote. That's right. I saw um, Roadrunner when I was living in Colorado. They're uh, really weird looking things. Um, employed by the Acme Corporation. Mm-hmm. Right. You guys want to roll the dice? I'd love to. No. All right. Well, John, you're outvoted. Here we go. Toss of the <laughs> and we are going to get Hole in My Soul from a little south of Saturday. This is a John Mariano pick. Uh, John, you're not a huge fan of, of Nine Lives. Uh, no. Why did you pick this one? Just to get rid of it? Yeah, I, so so I'm on a kick right now, and some people agree with me and some people don't. But we have like 350 episodes, and I'm really concerned that we're going to get to like the meat and potato episodes, and then we're going to get through them, and we're going to get to the end, and like we're going to have just a bunch of crappy songs. So I want to get rid of as many of the crappy songs as I can right now. And while this probably isn't bottom tier, this is not top tier. So um, this qualified for um, going away. All right. Uh, uh, Scott, a lot of these are first-time listens for you. So let me tell you a little bit about Hole in My Soul. This came from the album Nine Lives, which was released in 1997. Uh, so after their big success with Get a Grip, uh, this was four years later. Uh, kind of a different album, very kind of eclectic album, uh, produced by Kevin Shirley. Uh, this song in particular was written by Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, and Desmond Child which is a name uh, I'm, I'm sure you know because Desmond Child has written uh, some of the biggest hits of all time, uh, going all the way back to Kiss, I Was Made for Loving You, Joan Jets, I Hate Myself for Loving You, Bon Jovi's You Could Love a Bad Name, Living on a Prayer, Bad Medicine, and Born to Be My Baby. Uh, for this band here, he also wrote, co-wrote Do Looks Like a Lady, Angel, What It Takes, and Crazy, uh, just like Jesse James for Cher, Alice Cooper's Poison, Michael Bolton's How Can We Be Lovers, and Ricky Martin's The Cup of Life, and Livid La Vida Loca. So this guy's a hit maker. Uh, this was his uh, another collaboration with him uh, and the boys from Aerosmith. 
your standard, uh, typical uh, Aerosmith uh, ballad? Well, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing it. I, I don't uh, don't think I know the song. If it's a ballad and it had radio play, of course, if, if Desmond wrote it, it probably had radio play. Um, don't know it uh, off the top of my head, but there's always a chance I've heard it. All right. Oh, definitely had radio play. Uh, this actually uh, charted. It reached number 51 on the Hot 100, number four on the mainstream rock tracks, wow. uh, number 29 in the United Kingdom, and the chart everybody wants to get on it got as high as number four on the Latvian charts. So, well, well, how is it not a household item? Exactly. So, without further ado, here's a little hole in my soul from a little south of sanity. <laughs> With a one-track mind out in no man's land The punishment sometimes don't seem to fit the crime Yeah, there's a hole in my soul But one thing I learned For every love letter written There's another one burnt So you tell me how it's gonna be this time Okay, um, first of all, stop it Just that beginning absolutely drove me nuts <laughs> Uh, you know, my, my usual issue with Steven Tyler, but, uh, is the, the studio version of the song, is it sort of narrated like this? Yes. Yeah. He, he doesn't sing the verses in the studio version either. Interesting. Okay. So it, it felt, uh, the, the electric piano felt very dream on like, yeah. Unfortunately, nothing else does. So, so, so Corey, you asked me why I picked this song. And one of the main reasons was I knew that the opening of this would just cut through Scott. Like <laughs> you wouldn't believe. Um, and and I, I say that with all the love in the world, this isn't a knock on Scott at all, but I needed Scott's take on this because I knew the era that this was recorded where Steven wasn't necessarily phoning it in, but wasn't, at the top of his game on live performances and the nature of this being a spoken word intro that's kind of for lack of a better word phrase half-assed into the song i was dying to see scott's reaction and what did you think of my reaction since we're on camera you, oh you have not let down <laughs> well and uh, even how he performs like the bridge uh, or, or the pre-chorus and stuff in this song is going to be radically different than how he performs it on the album. So yeah, I kind of, I'll be watching Scott's face on the call uh, to see when he's trying to hit some of these notes, how, what he thinks. Okay. So in all fairness, then I will say when we get to the studio version of this, I I will not hold it with whatever my opinion is of the live version. I'll, I'll go into it fresh and honest. That's a good idea. It's also honestly not that much better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that, but yeah. let's get back to it.
So at least this verse is better. Like the spoken word part, even lyrically, I'm down a one-way street with a one-night stand with a one-track mind out in no man's land. Like that's, I don't know. I'm not really a fan of that, but at least when he gets singing, uh, take a walk outside your mind, tell me how it feels to be the one who turns the knife inside of me. That's a lyrical improvement, and he's actually singing it. So I, I think the song's gotten a little better. Yeah, I agree. And I actually like that line about the the knife. I think that's a pretty yeah. well-constructed line. Um, I, I'm definitely enjoying this part of the song more. I didn't like the way he came into it with, I've still got to keep making sounds. But uh, once he started singing, it's over. So like, that was really nice. And musically, it was a little bit unexpected of a change. And this verse sounds pretty good. Yeah. John is scowling. I look, it, it's it's a fine Aerosmith song. I am glad that we, like I stand by, I am glad we are burning it. Whatever John is on tonight, Corey, can you get me $30 worth? I can't, it's illegal. <laughs> I'm really digging, you know, it seems like I say this almost every song, but I'm really digging the bass on this. It's uh, it's it's going to some really deep notes, kind of just all of a sudden. And I, I really like the range it's playing in. Um, I do like this part of the song, but musically, there's really not much to it. Everyone's just kind of there, except for the bass. Even the guitars just kind of seem like just strumming a chord and drums are very straightforward. Um, not much to it musically. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's definitely a step up from I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, which is the epitome of that. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's very much like you said, kind of uh, paint by numbers. Right? We're just going to play the melody and let mm -hmm. Stephen do his I, thing. I, I, I would like to um, softly disagree. I feel like the one thing that this song has going for and against it right now is that it feels like Steven Tyler is a half a step behind like trying to push the lyrics through the catch up to the music which isn't mm. isn't playing at a feverish pace mind you right True. it's like it's like you know everyone got old and his friends went for a walk and they were still walking too fast for him to catch up in the mall hmm you know, that's a lot of this album, actually, Johnny, if, if you remember uh, a little salt of sanity, uh, that, that could fit a lot of songs on here. I, I, I know I remember quite well, which is why we're going to start getting rid of these songs. <laughs> There's a lot of them on this album, too. But I mean, uh, one thing you got to say about, well, Stephen Tyler, Joe Perry and Desmond Child is they know how to construct a song. Uh, mm -hmm. This is kind of a well-written pop song, right? Yeah, but I I mean, there's no like little guitar fill-ins. There's no little, you know, no, just, just things like that are song. It's just very dry and straightforward. Yeah, exactly. It, it, could use, it could use a little bit of, you know, spice or bubbles or something here and there. Well, the, well, that's what elevates a song like uh, What It Takes mm -hmm. or uh, Amazing or Crying or Crazy, like those songs, right? They have those moments. This is just a, a standard kind of pop song bound. It's yeah. a standard Desmond Child song. 
And and I mean, obviously, publicly, it works. If it got to number four, if it made the Latvia chart, okay, okay, wait. Again, I, I push back on all of this. They go into any, you know, debut as Aerosmith, especially at this point in their career, mm-hmm. right? So when while you look at it, that you know, oh, they made it to four. I look at it like, oh, they made it to four, right? Like. They, they were barely hanging on, mm-hmm. right? They, they, they came off a bunch of, like, chart killers. Like, forget about number one hits or whatever. The amount of airplay, like, Get a Grip got was insane. And, like, you're damn right this is going to chart because this is coming off of that wave. Well, and there was a four-year four gap, later. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Four years later. A lot so of people are hungry. Years. People are like, oh, there's new Aerosmith. Let's go grab it. Everything right. in music changes yeah. from 1993 to 1997. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and, including the oomph of this band. Mm-hmm. Look, look, what were the top hits in 1997? Uh, to Become One by the Spice Girls, 3 a.m. by Matchbox 20, Boys to Men, uh, Steps. I haven't even heard of them. Uh, okay, wait, did you just shit on um, Boys to Men? No, not Boys to Men, Steps. Like, no, Boys like, to Men had a single. That was a uh, band? Count. Four Seasons of Loneliness, which I love boys to men, but like mm. uh, Bee Gees, Jamiroquai, uh, Madonna, Backstreet Boys, Daft Punk, like music was garbage in 1997. Um, Jam- Jamiroquai was not garbage. You don't think so? No. Well, and you can find out more about the Spice Girls on our pending Spice Girls podcast. That's right. Look, if you want to hear my podcast. I don't, I, don't, I don't know much, but there is one thing I do know. If Corey, if Corey starts shitting on the Spice Girls, we're going to lose our fucking sponsor. I am not shitting on the Spice Girls. <laughs> they, they were the highlight of 1997 for me. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so on the, on the recorded version, that's a very high note. <laughs> In concert, it's a yeah, very labored note. Do you do you know if the order of the songs on the album are the order of the concert or uh well you know a lot of times especially if it's vinyl um they have to break them up differently because of what they can fit per side so they're not always in order. Yeah, no uh in concert normally this was song 5. Uh Okay, in, so in he's rotation. he's not so he's not even that far into the show but he might be saving his voice too he might be holding a little bit back no. for the longevity. No, this is this is about what speed he was singing at at the time for the okay. whole show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be nice. I I I know, and I'm trying to be like, hey, I saw I saw him back then. <laughs> True. Fair and enough. The the four songs that preceded this, I, I don't think are that hard to sing. Nine Lives, Love in an Elevator, Falling in Love is Hard on the Knees, and Same Old Song and Dance. Yeah, that's true. Those are pretty um pretty easy. I got dust for tears and I'm all tacked out. Sometimes I feel broke and can't get fixed. I know there be no kind of shoes when I need your head. I fuck with my boots on, but you fuck with my head. So uh, that obviously wasn't in the recorded version. I know there's been all kinds of shoes underneath your bed, uh, but I fuck with my boots on while you fuck with my head is really, no, I sleep with my boots on, but you're still in my head. Yeah, I like this better. It it packs a bigger punch. <laughs> I actually like what the music was doing behind that too. I like those uh, guitar chords the, that just kind of stood out a little bit. Those were nice. 
Uh, drums drums are incredibly straightforward on this. I haven't heard him do anything interesting, but um, the the bass is still good. But I, I like the guitars in that part. I, and then we're back to the spoken word, which kind of feels like we're we're going downhill a little bit. Yeah, I'm trying to think ahead if, if Joy does anything interesting in this song, and I really don't think he does. Mm. Well, sometimes you just want to be a metronome, I guess. Sometimes it's just about the boom booms and the TikToks and all that kind of stuff, right, Johnny? I don't know what you're talking about. Me either. One of my big pet peeves in this period, it's even on the Nine Lives album, is how it feels like Steven just runs out of breath. The uh-huh, uh-huh, right? Like, if you listen to how he's carrying his notes, it feels like Steven Tyler is singing Steven Tyler karaoke. Well, you know, and, and that's a good point. And there's not a lot of space for him because it goes right from chorus into spoken word into this part. And there's really, but the problem is if you give him breathing room, he's going to fill it with his voice anyway. So what do you do? Yeah. And I think this is right around a Steven Tyler relapse. Wasn't it, John, if you remember 1997, like after the nine lives album, I think it's pretty close to this. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I was doing a little reading here on uh, Joey Kramer. Because we mentioned now he's just kind of straight ahead cookie cutter on this. Mm -hmm. um, actually, right before rehearsals, uh, he was having a, a real bout of depression. And uh, he was grieving the loss of his father. Mm -hmm. uh, so he kind of took a leave of absence from the band. And another uh, semi-famous drummer came in and played with the band at this time. Uh, anybody want to venture any guesses? I I'm, I know this is probably wrong, but I've been surprised by him before. As you well know, Corey, I'm going to say Cozy Powell. I was gonna. I was wondering if you're gonna say Cozy Powell. That'd be a pretty good guess, but no, John. Um, the guy from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Chad Smith. Chad no, Smith? it wasn't him. But oh. uh, another uh, good guess, actually, Kevin Brown's gonna know this fella, uh, Steve Ferrone, or Ferrone. Oh. Is it Ferrone or Ferrone? Ferrone, I think. Ferrone, yeah. Uh, who replaced uh, uh, Stan Lynch in uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers? Came mm -hmm. in and did some work with Errol Smith on this. So. Interesting. Like that was a trick question. How so? You knew the answer and we didn't. Good point. I didn't even know how to pronounce the guy's name though. Kevin's gonna kill me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you won't hear about that at all. No. Uh, yeah, but it's weird if you think about it, and and it's such a strange thing the way that record companies, it's even at this time, we're like you guys got two weeks to get this album written and recorded, or you know the the pressures are very high. You would think in the real world, there's certain guys that are in the band, and if if they've got something going on, they've got to take a week off. You just wait for them to come in and do their part, you know. And and the band is the one that records the album, but it's more about the time crunch than it is anything else. The record companies don't care who's on the album unless it's a vocalist or a lead guitar player. If you have to switch out a keyboardist, a drummer, bass player, they don't care. No. And a very uh, dyslexic time in Aerosmith too. They had asked their uh, longtime manager, Tim Collins, to step down 
mm. after uh, he was the one that kind of got the band into sobriety and, and got them going again with permanent vacation and kind of led them through their, their renaissance. And they essentially fired him uh, in 1997. Uh, Joe Perry in his autobiography said it was because he was pitting band members against each other and doing oh, some wow. kind of dirty pool behind the scenes. So the band was now without their guiding influence. Uh, and, and they picked up Kevin Shirley, uh, who was producing, I think, Journey at the time, and, and just wanted to do kind of a, a straight-ahead record. And they got this really kind of eclectic uh, mix of songs where you have straight-ahead pop, like uh, this one here. You have uh, Taste of India, which is a really, you know, a lot of sitars and stuff in that one. You have some harder mm -hmm. stuff, like like Nine Lives, uh, the, the title track. And then you have acoustic songs like Pink. It's It's really kind of a weird album. Now, I wonder, was he really doing that or was that just how they were dealing with sobriety that they started, you know, coming up with all these things that weren't really true? Because that's kind of weird. He would be doing that out of the blue when he's got a band that's kind of successful and he's had a history with them. Um, I have to wonder how much of that wasn't maybe the lack of drug influence. Well, that's a great point, because when you got a band that's firing on all cylinders and making you money, why do you want to sabotage that? Yeah, exactly. Maybe there was a hole in his soul. Let's find out. I, I like the guitar tone, but I, I can't say there's too much about that solo that really stood out to me. And Scott? The bass guitar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the bass is really, in fact, it, it almost sounds like he's playing a fretless during the solo. Uh, but yeah, the, it was just like, I, I have some notes that'll work with the song. So I'll just keep playing them in different octaves and there's your solo. Like it was very lackluster for me for, for a guy I know could have pulled out something very emotional. It, it makes me feel like, I don't think they wanted to do the show this night. Yeah. that very well. I don't think they want to do the show that tour, to be honest with you. But mm -hmm. uh, John, what did you think of the guitar solo? I think the song is a wet fart and we're forced to listen to it as they get through it. There you have it. We've got a minute 56 left. So let's try and burn through it. Take a look at 
that count as a drum fill there, Scott? It was something. Do, do, I, do, I, do, I didn't do. realize uh, this was a progressive music song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, he did something, but you know, to do just like one or two things, if you're going to do them, I mean, at the end when when the when the big energy should be there for the song. But I feel this is really getting repetitive now. It just feels like we've heard the same thing over and over. Um, is is the studio version long, or are they just doing this live? Studio version is longer. Uh, this version is only five minutes forty seconds. Studio version is six minutes ten seconds. Oh my god! But there's an extended fade out, I think, on that one. So, uh-huh. the studio album is long. But that, that's also true. And the crowd goes wild. That's hole in my soul from a little south of sanity. Uh, gentlemen, what do you think of this track? Uh, John, you seem like a fan. Oh, I'm glad it's over. All right. John is glad it's over. Scott, how about you? Final thoughts on hole in my soul? Um, yeah, I, I, I think it was fitting that when you said, let's try and burn through the rest of this, I was I went to turn on my battery-operated candle and the batteries are dead. I think that really kind of fit where we're at. I mean, the song had some good points um, that, that I actually really liked, but there was way too much spoken word. I think if it had just started with one section of spoken word and then the rest of it was the song, um, I might have liked it better. It did feel repetitive. You know, by the time we were hitting those last couple of choruses, I was wondering how many times we've heard the chorus. So I, they could have definitely chopped this down. I'm really surprised this is a Desmond Child song. It's it's a lazy Desmond Child song, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, yeah, he's, he's barely trying, I think, right here. Yeah, I, I feel like they're like, you got 10 minutes to write a song. Go sit down and do it. All right. So if Hole in My Soul is going to be included... On any side of the mixtape, it'll be on side B, live tracks. Let's just recap what's on there right now. We have Sweet Emotion, a song I've never heard of from A Little South of Sanity, Mother Popcorn from Live Bootleg, What It Takes from A Little South of Sanity, Lord of the Thighs from Live Bootleg, Toys in the Attic from Classics Live 2, Kings and Queens from Classics Live 1, Train Kept a Rolling from Classics Live 1, Dream On from Live Bootleg, and Sight for Sore Eyes, also from Live Bootleg. Gentlemen, does Hole in My Soul surplant any of those tracks? Let's start with Scott Haskin. If we had a side of the mixtape called Quit Humping My Leg, I would put it on there. But um, I'm going to say no. I don't think this is even close to anything we've got on there now. All right. Uh, I'm going to go next because we don't know what John's thinking. Uh, my gosh, I'm going to agree. I don't think Hole in My Soul from Little Self of Sanity belongs on the live mixtape. 
So that's 0 for 2. John, your vote is academic, but uh, just for shits and giggles, how would you have voted? Oh, I was going to vote a hard yes. Hard yes? Okay, well, it's 2 it's to 1 then. <laughs> it's a shame. An absolute shame. There you have it, folks. Uh, narrowly missing the mixtape, but that there's still a chance, John. You could put it on your nasty cuts, my friend. Is a uh, hole in my soul one you want to replace? Uh, Walk on water, cheesecake, or bright light fright? I wouldn't even replace the movie for this. Wow, wow. that is a statement. I will say we don't have any live tracks in the uh, nasty cuts section. No, we don't. No, interesting. Wait, Maybe wait, next week because I don't think it, it's happening this week. I'd like to have an addendum to my my my, my idea. Okay. Um, Scott, Scott, your check didn't clear. Um, so I, I'm trying my best to sell this idea that the song is, um, not as good as the movie, but I just, I can't, I can't like, it's clearly like, it may not be head and shoulders, but it's at least like a nipple higher. Uh, Corey, can you mark this episode as the night that John almost didn't cross a line? Sure. Okay, thanks. Duly noted. <laughs> this is coming from those bylaws that I'm pretty sure at this point are scratch and sniff. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, John's working from his own playbook here. Uh, <laughs> we're making it up as we go, folks. But, John, this is one of your tracks. It means you get to replace it on the dice. What are you thinking? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I had so much fun torturing Scott with this song. Mm -hmm. I was trying to find another song I should cut, you know, torture him with. And picking stuff, you know, post millennium stuff because I haven't really listened to much of that. So I would like to go back to the album of Nine Lives. And I'd like to go with the title track. And I'm mainly going with it, Corey, because if you thought that this opening was rough, all I'm going to say is it might not be a rough beginning. It definitely is a little bit of a meow. Okay. I honestly thought you were going to pick Hole in My Soul. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. <laughs> I seriously thought you were going to, because that sounds like something you would do. We got to get it off the list. Let's just plow through it. Uh, it's too, too, too soon, too soon. Let the wound heal a little. Exactly. I, I do believe this is the only version of uh, Hole in My Soul live. It's not on Rock in the Joint. Uh, let's see if it's on Rock's Donington. Uh, it does not look like it. I thought John was talking about rough because my dog is barking in the background. Oh, I cannot hear that. Oh, good. He's an asshole. All right. That's all the time we got for today. Uh, Scott, anything you want to promote? Uh, yeah, just uh, if you're interested in anything I'm doing, either of my podcasts, my books or music, go to scotthaskin.com. And uh, it's a it's a treasure trove of my creative life. There you have it, John. Uh, is johnmariano.com a thing yet? No, I don't believe in websites. Okay. So anything you want to promote or talk about? Um, abstinence. I promote abstinence. I, I don't choice, think forced or... abstinence. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, by choice or by, like, other people's choices for you. Either way. <laughs> there you go. On behalf of John Mariano and Scott Haskin, my name is Corey Morissette. Thank you very much for listening. As always, let's give the final word to Stephen Tyler. Stephen Tyler.